Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, sworn to protect the world that fears and hates it, and aired live-ish every week, only on the non-productive network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, and you know the rest of these jerks. It's Pete and James and John Trouble of Back Issue Magazine's Tomorrow Publishing, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for that half-assed intro, Frank. Speaking of half-ass, on Near Mint we review comics from best to worst. That's Mint, Near Mint, Good Fair, and Poor to You Newbies. And yes, we are going to be reviewing Crisis on Infinite Earths 1985. We're doing it issue by issue. At the end of this, we're going to review it. We're about, we're almost at the halfway point. We're mm-hmm. at issue five this week. Yep. And boy, oh boy, am I excited to go get into this because we have been lingering on the death of this character for like two and a half issues. It feels like Monitor was on life support for quite a while. Yeah. Hey, spoiler alert. We're going to be spoiling everything up until issue five. Yeah. Uh, for and this we're, we're totally stoked. Uh, before we dive into the the plot of issue five, can I talk a little about the cover of yes, this issue please. with oh, all yeah. the? It's a great one. It's it is I a great one. It's one of the shut up. Um, it's one of the I think the classic covers of this series, and it's it's got an interesting uh, backstory behind it because uh, George Paris's wife was by this point becoming a little concerned that he was like overworking himself and. And she said, hey, can you take it easy with him on this cover and just maybe have him do like a few Earths exploding and then a couple heads. And then George Perez sat down to draw the cover and he was like, well, which characters should I do? And he couldn't decide. So he just put them all in mm. uh, with mm-hmm. just a dividing line between Earths one and two. That is how you listen to your wife. You this, just barely do it. I mean, it's, the, it's, the man has a sickness where he has to just draw every single character at all times. But thank God he does because he does it so beautifully. I mean, I'm pretty I don't sure there's a couple obscure Marvel characters in there, too. <laughs> Not on the cover, no. Isn't I don't that the think. shroud? Wait Where? <laughs> just, just above uh, the right Earth. This guy? Yeah. Oh, is that really that's a the right specter. Earth? It's the specter between Johnny Quick and uh, Psycho Pirate. I don't think we're going to start opening up the uh, the door on how similar certain characters are across comic book universes. But hell, there are a lot on this cover. We're going to go through each one right now. And, no, we're not doing that. It's not that kind uh, of idea. Quiz me. I could probably do it. Oh, uh, let's see. keep going. <laughs> that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Upper, upper left-hand corner, we got Red Tornado, then the Scalp Hunter, then uh, Wildfire, then Halo from the Outsiders, uh, the Earth One Flash, the Earth Two Flash, Johnny Thunder, the female one, Amazing Man, Cheetah, uh, I believe that's probably Solomon Grundy. Um uh, let's see. I, that's Dawnstar, uh, then Martian Manhunter, Batman, Firestorm, uh, Earth One and Earth Two Superman, Psycho Pirate, uh, Spectre, uh, Johnny Quick, Firebrand, uh, Sergeant Rock, Doctor Light. Wait, are you skipping um, the ones behind them? Yes, I am. <laughs> Shut up. Um, and uh, I don't know whose hair that is. I'm going to guess probably Commandy. Uh, the <laughs> L that's lead from the Metal Men. Then we got the two Hawkmen. <laughs> L uh, that's lead from the. Me- oh. It is. Yeah, he yeah. got the chemical symbol for lead on his forehead. Uh, stars. Uh, oh, the rag doll from the the hair. He has the raggedy Andy hair. Uh, we got uh, Star Spangled Kid, Fury. Uh, Dr. Fate, then it looks like the Ultra Humanite, because he was an ape guy. Um, who is this next to? I don't to- even see that. Where do you uh, see next to, Dar- or- next to Dr. Fate. It helps if you have the print version. I'm looking at a print uh, copy. Okay. So, um, I Our digital can't quite tell bit. who that is next to Blue Devil, uh, so I'm going to take a mulligan on that one. That's Marvel um, Boy. 
Okay. Uh, Blue Devil. Then we got uh, both the, the Earth One Earth Two Wonder Woman. Obsidian, the Huntress. Uh, looks like Wildcat next to her. Then Supergirl with her hideous headband. A Phantom Stranger. Cyborg. Um, who are these guys with the chin? That's the Adam, uh, Earth One and Earth Two Adam. Uh, I recognize the mouth from the Sandman. We got the Shining Knight. We got Liberty Bell. Next row, we got Swamp Thing, uh, Dr. Polaris, Red Star, also known as Starfire, the Joker, Earth 1 and Earth 2, Green Lantern, uh, Nooklin, or Nuxlin. I never knew how to pronounce his name. Uh, he's called Adam Smasher now. Uh, Tsunami, the Guardian, Sorgon the Sorcerer. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's Chameleon Boy with the antenna. Uh, Solovar, I'm going to guess. I'm <laughs> good. Um, a gorilla. Uh, yes. Uh, it's a, you got to have a gorilla uh, in there. Jonah Wallace, Hex. Jonah Hex. Uh, Starfire. Uh, Earth 1 and Earth 2. Green Arrow. Uh, looks like the adult Robin. Um, Power Girl. Northwind from the Infinity Incorporated. Uh, Johnny Thunder's Thunderbolt. Um, some lady can't quite tell, but that's Tarantula above her. Um, I didn't mention him before. Uh, some person with goggles. I Goggle can't quite man. tell. Um Killer Frost. Uh, who is next to Killer Frost? Uh, Regular. Fr- it looks little. Wait, that's not. What's What's going on with his hair? I can't. Yeah, there's a little bit of a uh, Adolf swoosh. He's 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 got weird hair, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a mulligan on that one. I'm bel- next to him. I'm gonna guess that's Geoforce. These are much harder to make. Yeah, because I mean, we're only seeing them from the eyes up. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I am so matter. impressed right now. We got. I'm gonna guess from the hair that's Jade. Then Our Man, the Silver Scarab, and that's definitely Plastic Man with the goggles. Yep, that little so. swirl of hair. Wow. I've wasted my life. Yes. That was impressive. Oh, I should hit record. Oh, <laughs> no, take it. I hate you so much. <laughs> wow, so I've never much. seen actual anger in someone's voice. Okay, so yeah, anyways, as I was saying, Monitor's dead. Yeah. Uh, we deal a little bit with the the, the aftermath of this, uh, of Monitor planning his own death because he knew it was inevitable. There's a lot of high drama at the start of this story. I don't know, it, I don't know how much of this landed for me. There's so much going on in such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, I just met Harbinger. I I, I was only just told she owes her life to Monitor. And for the most part, I've only seen Monitor as a bad guy up until this, where he's just like an annoying uh, PTA leader. Like he's just <laughs> gathering everyone together and saying, no, we really need to get everyone here first before we discuss our plan. Everyone needs to do the sign-up sheet. Please, okay. I just want to tell gonna you. Who's going to guard the tuning fork? There's going to be a big sale later on. we got to think about all the underprivileged Earths. Adam, can I count on you to bring the casserole? Can I count? Can you bring the casserole? Listen, I know you people have some history, but we have to put that aside right now. We have to think for the children's. So, uh, yeah, it's... Where's it's, Superman? No, not that Superman. The other Superman. Yeah. Oh God! So yeah, there's a lot of oh, okay, James. Yes, hand up, asking a question <laughs> like it's class. I, no, I, I just, I kind of like this this whole opening melodrama. Uh-huh. Is it weird? I guess yes. because I'm well. Yeah, no, I get I'm weird, but I don't know because these are kind of all the characters that I feel like I've just met here in right. this story. I feel like I'm invested in them differently than I am with all these other characters who I kind of expect things out of because of my weird history with DC Comics being from like 20 years later and everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's just 
I feel like these characters are acting the way I expect them to because that's fair. They're, they're certainly on have, brand. Yeah, Briar is exactly who you've known. Briar <laughs> oh, to absolutely. Be. He oh, is yeah. whining. He yeah. is on brand. He so is, yeah, I'm is, I'm down with this soap opera kind of melodrama mm-hmm. intro thing. Also, thank God the monitor is dead. Like you said, we're we're yeah. finally getting to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's it's interesting. This is where we uh, effectively discover that. Part of the monitor's um, Xanatos gambit, effectively, is that he knew that by dying in this particular way, his energies can be used to protect all the remaining Earths. Right. Uh, And, you know, that's cool. Uh, but we also get to play a little bit with the remaining Earths occupying the same time and space and, you know, dinosaurs showing up in the middle of Central Park or what have And you. also we have, we suddenly have Alexander Luther, who's, who's aged to adulthood. He's got the glow up. He's, as, he's as got the glow that. up. He looks like, uh, kind of like Christopher Adkins in the Blue Lagoon in a gold. I was about, to, I yeah. was, is that topical? Blue Lagoon was 82, I want to say. Uh, somewhere in the, I wanted to say 80, but it could be 82. Maybe. Somewhere in the early 80s. Yeah, so yeah, maybe but, still, uh, still relevant. I, I'm also definitely going to throw out here, I am most invested, I think, in Alexander Luther. I think he's, he, I, he's definitely the thing that's making, keeping me coming back to this. Really? Like, yeah, I don't know. It was, because... He was cool, that cool kind of like half matter person, and I really uh-huh. liked the corny story of them sending him off, like they did Superman. I don't know. It, I'm, everything with Alexander Luther is is hitting good for me. I'm okay. totally invested in where he got that gold armor. <laughs> That's it true. Like too. Just appeared. Monitor yeah. has a lot of cool stuff in his. He's got a little boutique on the satellite. Uh, he went. He went around. He got a gift card from the monitor and uh, <laughs> go, he, go to the shops. Yeah, yeah, go to the shops. Get yourself some gold armor and a perm. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes. Get yourself gold armor and a perm. Right. If right. you're gonna save the universe, you, gotta look you good. need a perm. You gotta look good. You need a perm you that is ten good. years out of date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We need like six season of the Brady Bunch perm here. Oh God, there's so many choices made here. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't go for the makeover. Don't ask them for the pariah eyeshadow. No, no, that's no. Not, no. That, that, that and don't get like the it. purple hair dye because that's pariah's thing. So, uh, and, and the other side of this equation is in the antimatter universe, or I don't even know if we know where that is. In this bleak, big black void, yeah, uh, the Flash is dealing with Psycho Pirate, the whiniest of villains. Yeah. Oh my lord! That's I only if we much. assume that Pariah isn't a villain. Uh, <laughs> true, true, <you're laughs> well, he's perceived to be a villain by certain people. Like Lady Quark has her problems with Pariah. But, yeah. uh, this is this is where my money is on. I believe I'm still a Flash guy. I know he's important to this crisis, or I've mm-hmm. been I I've kind of gathered through osmosis over the years that he's very vital to to crisis. So I want to see what he does in all this and. Him in that little inky void, much more interesting than whatever the hell's going on with uh, Red Tornado, which I still feels like it's just more stuff being thrown against the wall to see what sticks. I was yeah. literally going to ask, what is going on with Red Tornado? Because I am lost. So far, I don't think I believe anything. this is the first time he's shown up. So yeah. then how is he in that void? What? Well, supposedly the, the, the anti-monitor captured the Red Tornado because he was one of the few people who could move through the Earth's unaided, which... I don't, I don't think they've ever established that. No, I don't think question. that had yeah. been established. And he also says the Flash can do it. And it's like, well, no, the Flash always needed something like the Cosmic Treadmill to do it. But 
But maybe that, at some point he could. Yeah, I think maybe at that point he was able to do it. It started off with the the treadmill, but I think maybe. I mean, he was, of course, living in the future, but of his own Earth. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, know because he was he was like in the 30th century, a few years before the Legion of Superheroes, because they. They later well, retroactively established that the Tornado mm-hmm. Twins were actually his biological but children I and not like, his descendants. I feel like the Flash sometimes kind of like can happen into, you know, just traveling between sure. times and worlds. So I get yeah. it. Yeah. I get it. I mean, he did, I mean, vibration is a very big thing with the Flash. Huh. Um, so, yeah, maybe See, he could the, do that. The Anti-Monitor knows that he can do it. The yeah. Flash doesn't know he can that's do it. That's certainly yet. all that this. Maybe that's it. Maybe he but, has the, the, the we potential. We are moving, but this came yeah. from Why Red Tornado. That's what I want to uh, know. And it feels like this is, I think I said this early on in this review arc on Near Mint, that with Secret Wars, there's a sort of an honesty to it where they're like, here's a bunch of toys we've got to move. You put them together somehow. I don't know how you do it. You do it. Put them together. I don't give a crap how. Okay, it's, why is this person Italian? Because <laughs> uh, the, the 80s toy companies, all, all Italians. Italians. Okay. Disgusting. Okay. It's really a, all right. just it's a nepotism. It's <laughs> awful. Anyways, but uh, here it's like, it feels almost like mandate from corporate. Like, we got to move Red Tornado. He's going to be a big thing for us. But I don't know. I that don't think that sentence has ever been said before. Yeah, I, don't, no, I don't think anyone has ever said the red tornado is going to be big for us. Really? So let's I say like some, red tornado. Let's say some more fun things. Uh, really, when we see worlds collide in the next, and this is why I picked up comics as a kid. Yeah, to see dinosaurs running around the city, mm-hmm. Empire State Building probably in the background, biplanes, with uh, jets. And, I'm yeah, terrified that that Tyrannosaurus is going to eat that biplane. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's all good. But also the number. Of reporters and the different news agencies that haunted DC Comics at this time. <laughs> there is Lana Lang from WGBS right. TV. I believe Lois shows up. She also works for yeah. WGBS, yeah. yes. Uh, there are... Which was the outfit that bought the Daily Planet. when in the, in the 1970s, they decided to make Clark Kent a newscaster instead of a print reporter. Yeah, which kind of bring, comes up a little bit in the Superman movies towards the end. I believe in Superman 4, right? There's a TV this studio sort kind of. of like yeah. Basically, when the first Superman movie decided to just stick with the classic setup of Clark Kent working for the Daily Planet, that was kind of the death knell of Clark being a television reporter. Also, it didn't make as much sense. But it, it doesn't work as well with the whole secret identity thing. Exactly. Being on exactly. Uh, there's <laughs> Lois. A topic d- that's about to be explored in DC Comics. Again? Yeah. yeah. Superman's uh, going to be revealing his identity publicly. Again. Don't, don't remind me what's so, currently happening at DC. Uh, they, I don't want to be that depressed. They're doing on-the-street interviews with people from various time periods. Yep. I believe we have one more reporter. There is a cameo in this. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker shows up. Yes. pictures in the background. Where? Where is he? Uh, let's see uh, if I can give you an actual page on? number. Give me, give me a second, and I can find him. He's on page 14. Yeah. All right. In the back um, shop. Oh, yep. There he is. Yep. I see him. Yeah, he's right between Superman and Lois Lane. But who's the Indian? Uh, I think that's a character named Firehair. <laughs> of course it is. Awful. I didn't name him. Just all I didn't name him, terrible. but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they they liked having the Caucasian Indians. There, it, I, I guess it's better than calling him Red Man. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of horrible things in the comics at this time, and probably on this podcast. Um, it, it, but there are like this is one of those. I guess this is. 
I feel like comedy, right? There, you're on the street interviews with people from various times. You've got mm-hmm. a caveman chewing a mic. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, all part of the fun. I like the alien that confuses Lois Lane and Lana Lang. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. La, uh, he calls her Lois, Lois Lang. Lang. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. didn't. You know what? I, didn't, I just assumed there was another <laughs> reporter character. <laughs> yeah. Another they run out of alliterations. Another character, is, another character with two. By else. the way, there is a fan theory that that caveman was not an Earth caveman, but he was from the planet Bismol, which is the planet that uh, Matter Eater Lad is from. Oh, is that because why like apparently a real caveman wouldn't have the. Uh, the, the ability jaw to eat a microphone. Eat a microphone. Oh, that's, I'm so glad somebody put that theory together. Someone thought of that, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, and there's, there's, there's also uh, another gathering of even more DC heroes. I think all heroes this time. Maybe there were. Yeah, this is, this is basically everybody. Can we talk about this double page splash? Yeah, definitely. This is a, first of all, like the art on this issue takes, in my opinion, a quantum leap forward because we, we brought in Jerry Ordway as the anchor. Uh, who, like, the first few issues were done by uh, Dick Giordano and uh, I think the majority of it by Mike DiCarlo because Dick Giordano was busy running DC Comics at the time and he only had so much time in the day to ink these pages. And this was a very big, important project, so they wanted to make sure they were not missing any deadlines on it. So they brought in Jerry Ordway uh, with the fifth issue and he finished out the rest of the series. These, This splash page of everybody and their brother... Uh, they sent Jerry Ordway these two pages last because wow. they didn't want to scare him off on his first <laughs> issue. So they waited until he had done all everything else, and then they sent him those two pages, which I love that story. The, I mean, I think I totally noticed. I, I don't know. I'm liking the art a little bit more the later mm-hmm. on we get. It's cleaner. Yeah, yeah it feels it's a cleaner, little more. It's a little slicker. I mean, Jerry Ordway... Uh, he and he and Braz, uh, they're just a great art team. They they mesh really well together, um, and yeah, I think it really you, ups you, ups the package. You could clearly go through that crowd and identify. We're not going to do it. Don't <laughs> don't worry about it. You could yeah. identify each one of these characters. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was before Where's Waldo, I think, but <laughs> it is that very much that effect. But I mean, George Perez was always so good at doing these crowd because even in something like this, he he still allows a bit of negative space around the various characters so you can easily identify. Right. Who, and he has them interacting in interesting ways. It's like, oh, well, this person's injured and they're on the floor and this and you know this one's confused, but this person's next to him. And like Someone's- Dawnstar just got injured and Superman's carrying her and Plastic Man and, and uh, Elongated Man and Mercury from the Metal Men are stretching around. I like the guys pointing outside. I also like that the soldiers are clearly more huddled together because yeah. they know each other as compared to like a lot of the other superheroes who don't. Or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But we do have another story beat that we have hit a thousand times, which is the someone in Monitor's base is saying, no, really, listen, things yeah. are bad. Uh, in this case, we're, we're recruiting yet another gang of heroes to try to do something about the end of the world. I, I gotta ask, wait, there, there's a squad of of scuba divers down at the bottom. Those are the, are those sea, the devils. sea devils. Those yes. are the sea devils. Yes. yes. I can't believe I correctly identified them. Because DC had, like, all these squads of four people who were, like, sort of, they were, like, proto-Fantastic Fours. Yeah. Like, the, we had the Challengers of the Unknown, we had the Sea Devils, we had uh, Rip Hunter, and we had Cave Dude, Carson. Yeah, right. And they all had, like, different environments that they went to. And they, it was always, like, the sort of same dynamic. You had the scientist guy, the strong guy, the girl, um, <laughs> and... The other. You know, like, maybe, like, a young kid or something. That was, like, the formula. And the they were head. all those different features. 
So, what do we think about us uh, revisiting this this whole? Let's bring in even more heroes at this point. Anyone frustrated? I am frustrated. I, I, and uh, particularly because I'm not as familiar with uh, a lot of the big non-main DC characters, Mm -hmm. um, and particularly some of the iterations of these characters at this time. So. I, oh boy, I'm having a hard time keeping track of who's who. I I think it might have been easier at the time because there was that series, Who's Who, that was coming out in conjunction with with Crisis. I believe Crisis 1 and Who's Who, number one, debuted the same month. Mm -hmm. And so the nice thing about if you came across a character in Crisis and you were like, oh, who's who's that person? What's their deal? You could look at Who's Who and then find out what their basic deal was. So, yeah. I I appreciate it because it was at this point where this is one of the reasons why Crisis on Infinite Earth stands out head and shoulders above any other crisis that has come along since or mm-hmm. any other like cross universe or what have you promotional event at a comic company. It's because this really does make a, de- a big deliberate attempt to at least touch on almost everyone. Yeah. Everyone gets some real estate on this page. And while, yeah, a lot of this is like the red skies phenomenon of when you question whether or not that even matters, that I think is legit. At least your faves will be here. And if you got that as a, like, if you had that as a poster, which you wouldn't have as a kid at the time, you probably would have just had the comic spread open. Uh, it is a Where's Waldo game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. I also appreciate dinosaurs, uh, T-Rex with a big horn in the middle of its nose, standing completely upright, because, yes, that's how dinosaurs are supposed to walk. Well, in the in the 80s, we thought that. Yeah, that's it. We believe that that was true. Uh, for the most part, uh, I don't I don't know. Is there any other call-outs that people want to spend uh, attention on? Is it the... Um, are we interested in actually talking about Red Tornado and what he may or may not have done in this? Honestly, I'm still kind of clueless about it. I think he somehow is participating in the in nature unfolding and destroying the world, but you'd think that the negative energy field would have done that already. Why can <laughs> the emotion pirate affect Red Tornado? Huh. Cuz he's a robot. I'm not 100% sure uh, Psycho Pirate did. Okay, because I'm not 100% maybe, sure he did either. Maybe but the villain who's yet to be named uh, at this point at this point in this issue may have been the one that. who did that. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, this book, I mean, the, the, it's nice seeing all these magical characters show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true, too. They had the whole page that li- was all the magic like, people. It starts with, I think, Dr. Fate appears, and then yep. it's a bunch of magic here. There's uh, Zatanna is there. Uh, which I have not read her spell backwards. What is she casting? She's, uh, let's see. She's saying winds cease to be. Ah, well, that's pretty on the money. That is the annoying thing about Zatanna is you have to read all of her spells backwards to have to really get what she's doing. I actually I thought enjoy that. Was that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I like enjoy that. that. I, didn't I, I think I used to like that, and now I just find it annoying. <laughs> is this Mandrake? Who are these other? Who are these other wizards? Yeah, uh, who's the red oh, cape and the Thunderbolt? That's Sargon the Sorcerer. Okay. And, Most and, everybody refers to themselves by name at, at yeah, one point, Thunderbolt or somebody's Slayer. like. It's, I mean, it's like if we were undergoing crisis, I'd be like, Frank, why don't you get James and Peter over here so that we can figure this out? Or us, I, John Trumbull, will <laughs> vow that. I mean, it's it's very 
Yeah, it, it's very yeah. artificial, but I think it's necessary with a cast this huge, you know? I think oh, it, definitely. I, I think it's definitely important. And then there's the inexplicableness that uh, that pretty much is the story beat that carries us through, which is the retirement and possibly the crushing of Wildcat. Mm-hmm. So Wildcat, character, famed boxer, Mm-hmm. Street level superhero. He was, he was the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, he, trainer of several heroes at this point, I think, in DC Comics, or uh, at least inspiration to many of them. Yeah. Basically, uh, Ruben the Hurricane Carter in a cat suit. Right. And a and full, white. full cat suit, like notches below furry yeah. suit, uh, like with the big whiskers and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm still not entirely sure where his eyes are supposed to be. Yeah, he is um, doing battle, and basically we are encountering his family, and we're basically setting up the groundwork that will be the retirement of the Wildcat comic character, and the replacement with a Wildcat 2, or his, his replacement. Now, at this point, he was uh, on the uh, Justice Society, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. He, was, he was really old, because he went back to the 40s, and most of the Justice Society, uh, so they were like in their 60s. Now, by this point. I don't know if anyone can tell. Trumbull, I don't know if you can tell me about this. Was the release of Wildcat, is that going to be like the new Wildcat? Is it, Was that a big deal at the time? Did she even get her own comic? Did, she did not get her own comic. She was... Uh, we are going a little ahead. I'm sorry. She we was featured at issue six. Yeah, she was featured in a book called Infinity Incorporated, which was all about the sons and daughters of the Justice Society, mm. uh, who were... It, it was kind of like the Earth 2 Teen Titans. More or less. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a, a bunch of kids in their in their early twenties, and some of them were reminiscent of of heroes of the JSA, and they were they were like the next generation of heroes from Earth Two. Bunch so, of legacy characters. Yeah, yeah. So and As and also be like painfully aware re- soon. Like one of the things that uh, I think Marv Wolfman wanted to do in particular was. He realized that DC was more or less very lily white, and they wanted to, to diversify their character line a bit more. So they said, well, hey, why don't we get rid of Wildcat, who's like this older white male, and we'll, we'll have a, a Latina woman assume the mantle of that, and then we're a little more diverse. And th- that was the same sort of thinking going on with the, with the Japanese Dr. Light. So I don't understand it. I mean, they were so inclusive, though. Apache Chief, Samurai, Black Lightning. Well, I mean, Black Lightning, they were making a real effort in inclusion. Yeah, I would have put Black Lightning um, in there. Uh, yeah. But uh, the rest of the I mean, that was a real sincere attempt at inclusion from uh, Tony Isabella mm. uh, in the 70s. Plus, but. you know, he was a character that didn't have his name. Well, I guess. All right, we'll talk about that. <laughs> that, later. that was what you did then. Yeah. I mean. So, yeah, yeah. Wildcat gets crippled. We'll, there will be consequences of that eventually. And um, more importantly, we're building up to the ultimate reveal, the satellite that the Monitor has used to keep everyone safe uh, while he dies to protect (laughs) us all, uh, is falling apart, and in fact, falls apart moments before we get the reveal of the villain that maybe many of us knew was coming, the Monitor. Yes, the Monitor shows up. This guy with the crazy eyes and the maybe too much teeth. I don't know what that's going on in his face, the mask thing. I think he's like a, 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 
like a corpse. It just, looked, he's yeah. kind of decomposed. The, those are his lips. They're not his teeth, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? I was reading up on that. I, I always interpreted those as his teeth. But he's like a rocky skull guy. It, yeah. It doesn't matter. This guy looks cool as no, hell. he is yeah. an awesome design. <laughs> it's a great splash page, right? So, I, oh yeah. Now, so, so avoid confusion. There's a couple of things I want to ask about you to you folks. Um, I thought something like this was coming. I've seen this before. I know. Obviously, I've been reading comics for a very long time, and even though I've never read this, we we ju- we've. We've teased it in er- earlier episodes. I wonder who's going to be anti-monitor. Um, but yes, this is what we will now classically know and be referred to as the anti-monitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, I know you read this for the first time. James, I know you've read this for the first time. Did you know this was coming? I, I didn't know that this was coming now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not expect to, him to refer to himself as the monitor. Yeah. Although that makes sense to me now. I mean, it's it's like the Dracula thing. He didn't sign his uh, letters, Vlad the Impaler. That I think that was kind of my takeaway, too. Like, mm-hmm. I knew of the Anti-Monitor as a character, and obviously when we started reading this story, I'm like, ah, oh, obviously this character takes yeah. place in here. But kind of like Pete, yeah. I expected him to go, I am the Anti-Monitor. And, <laughs> right. But obviously, like, it makes sense that he wouldn't yeah. do that. I, I, I think more or less everybody just calls him the Anti-Monitor from this point on, just, I think they, just for clarity's sake. Yeah. 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 Um, because he's from the Antimatter universe. Yeah. And it makes sense, yeah. He's a monitor. It, it totally so. makes sense. But there isn't actually, a, to me, there's an effect of this corpse-like individual calling himself the, the the same name as the guy who died at the top of the issue actually was even more impactful than mm. if he had referred yeah, to himself as the no, yeah, it totally I was works. thinking about that. I was like, I, as a reader back in the day, what would I have thought about this? I was like, wait, was is this the same dude? Yeah, what a, what mm-hmm, a cliffhanger mm-hmm. to leave things well, off and- on. You know, we're totally, we're seeing these, you know, and I think it's more in the next issue we talk more about, or was it in this issue we talk really about the physics of the the positive and negative worlds and how they're colliding, mm-hmm. you know, and having, you know, like obviously if there was a monitor on this side, there would be a monitor on that sure, side. Sure, it makes sense, comic mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. yeah. The actual was, end of the issue, yeah. I'm sorry, go I on. I was Pete. actually also surprised. That was not what I expected him to look like. no. No, there, there is yeah. an iconic look that I think shows up later. Yeah, mm. which I guess is a different set of armor or something. Yeah, George Perez, uh, he he redesigns the armor later uh, okay. on, and yeah. and we'll get into it, the reasons of that when that when happens. It, but that happens. doesn't happen until I I'll, think uh, issue yeah, I'll eight. give my art, artistic so. impressions of well, that one. Later. Yeah. yeah, but this I but I think awesome. he's he yeah. looks really cool on the splash page. Yeah, I love those those things, uh, sort of swooshing. Up into his Almost mouth, whatever those are. System yeah, something. I don't, I don't know yeah. what that is. I don't know if it's supposed to be like a Darth Vader like life support thing. Maybe it is, but I mean, whatever it is, it looks really cool. Yeah, so. I just imagine it like it delivers Kool Aid and uh, oh yeah, it's just sure. a mouthwash. It's like one of those beer helmets with the straws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. Yes, uh, yes. The actual end that's, of the that's issue, in my head canon now. I think the actual end of the issue. We've got one more page. Yeah, which visits Earth X, a world where World War II is going on just a little bit long. And characters are just a little bit ridiculous. World War II <laughs> continued on for like another thirty years yeah. beyond where it ended for us, and uh, it was originally going to be Earth Swastika, 
with, oh, with, with the swastika symbol. Right. And but like, uh, Julie Schwartz, who is the editor and a Jewish man, as you might imagine, yeah. he was like, no book of mine will have a swastika in it. Good for him. Um, That's so he, fair. So they, sh- they chopped off the ends hey, of the swastika and they just called it Earth X. An argument that would be hard to make now because the world is terrible. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, you run into a bunch of the uh, these comic characters from which publishing house? I keep Quality. Quality. Quality comics. I, yeah. Uncle I've always Sam. been a huge fan of Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters. Of yeah. course you would be. There's Doll Man, <laughs> Uncle Sam, Black Condor, who should not be in the book. Uh, what do you have against Black Condor? Lots. Man? Uh, okay. What's the? He was raised Ray by condors, Ray. and therefore the he can fly. Was it Human Ray? Who's the, the Ray? Person? The Ray. The Just Ray. the Ray. The human and bomb. Phantom Lady. Who she has also. the power of cleavage. Yeah. All right. See, I did, I did not notice this. Th- believe it or not, I did not. I have a very weird. I did not notice it at all the first few times I read through it, and then uh-huh. as I'm looking through it today, I just happened to scroll, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Come on. Boobs ahoy. There's a problem. Uh, Phantom Lady is largely known and remembered for her costume, which yeah. uh quite revealing. And uh, yeah, one of her, her artists in the Golden Age was a guy named uh, Matt Baker, who was very uh, famous for what they called good girl art, yeah. where they would draw very voluptuous ladies. So that's that's Got mainly it. what she's remembered for. And what's useful is that this this segment reminds us that there are other Earths other than the Earth One and Two mm-hmm. that the Monitor went to the efforts of saving, and namely Earth X and a few others that we will discuss soon. Uh, I think a pretty interesting jam packed issue overall, uh, but I, I really cannot wait to get into the crux of it. And next, our next episode, we will be at the midway point. Yay! Hump episode. Woo! I'm excited. Exactly. Hump episode. We hope you're excited and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Near Mint, please like, follow, and subscribe so you can get the latest in the podcatcher of your choice. Oh, and leave us a good review or else we'll kill James. (gasps) What? No, it's going to happen. But he'll be replaced by a Latino woman, so that's it's it's fine. I'm okay with this. We can (laughs) only do that if we cripple James. It's okay. I'm just the robot. Yeah. Okay. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.